0: episode of the Through the Founder podcast. My name is Casper McLeod and with me this episode, you know him, you love him, it's MVD once again. Mate, thank you so much for joining. How have you been? What a first week of the finals it was.
1: Unbelievable first week of the finals. If we could have any more, uh, uh, what is it, any more uh, lead changes, I think, uh, well, I don't know what we would be because that was just phenomenal. Some of those, uh, what was it, 12 was no it was 17 or something in the in the first one and all the what, through week the weekend it was just phenomenal so nah, fantastic for final series to start us off
0: i think i came across a um oh, okay so i came across the stat during the week and i can't find it but it was something like the most lead changes during the first week of any final series in the competition's history which is crazy mm. um so yeah, no, it was an exciting week. Let's get into it. For this episode, we'll talk about each of the finals games, why each victor won it, why each loser lost it. And then we'll give our top highlight, top lowlight, talk about the main talking point out of the weekend, which, spoiler alert, is the Tom Lynch goal, no goal. Um, and then we'll preview the semifinals. Let's get stuck into it on Thursday night football. Um, straight off the bat, I can't believe I tipped this game right. I did it as a joke, largely. Um, I did it as a, do you know what? Screw it. I'm losing to my dad by 20 tips. I might as well have a bit of fun with this. And I tipped the major upset to happen. I thought that possibly Brisbane would challenge Richmond, but I did not actually think that, that was going to happen. So, yeah, just call me um, call me football um, Nostradamus. Just ignore the rest of my <laughs> footy tipping.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it was an absolute ripper game. What uh what a match uh between those uh, the two sides up there at the Gabatoir, um, yeah, we can still call it that because my goodness, was it not uh was it an absolute ripper game? Was it Brisbane by two points, 16-10, 106 to 168-104 over Richmond? Cameron with three, Danaher Hipwood also with three. while Lynch and Rewalt both kicked three, and I'll tell you what. There's some really good players. Lockie Newell was fantastic. Humor McCluggage, unbelievable as well. So um, but Toby Nankervis was pretty good in the losing side. Those two goals from Jack Riewoldt, um, what, on the boundary in the fourth quarter? Absolutely clutch. Unbelievable. Absolutely <laughs> clutch. And let's be honest, Joe Danaher, talk about going from zero to hero. When you infringe a player... And you're in fringe and your your teammate takes the mark for what 15-20 meters out directly in front and to put them ahead to go ahead and win it. And then to you make you gotta make up for it. And he did that, let's be honest, with that uh that uh crap uh crumbing goal in the goal square. So no credit to him. Brisbane lived to fight another day. Richmond out. And to be perfectly honest, I can't be. Too sad about that,
0: to be honest. <laughs> sorry, Richmond supporters, but we don't no, not sorry. sorry for you. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, MVD, why do you think Brisbane won this game? What won it for them?
1: Why do I think Brisbane won this game? I, what won it? I reckon it's tenacity. Mm. um the all 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 across the ground. I mean, you have a look at it. It was Neil McCluggage, Bailey Robertson in their top four, uh, as well as Stasovic also in the in their best. Whereas for Richmond, it was Nankervis, Pickett, and Vloston. Mm. Like it, it, they're not Vloston, Pickett's the only midfielder out of those that I've that I can list off. Whereas Brisbane had at least four. Four of those were midfielders. Yes, which is probably off the halfback flank. But I think their tenacity at the ball was what won them the game. The the um, I mean, Nankervis, they dominated for ages in the rock You you just – I mean, McInerney being out was a huge out for Brisbane, but they were able to cover it. Whereas last year, they weren't able to cover um, – who was it that went down? Um, it was um,
0: Ford. and No. Uh, Hipwood, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Hipwood went down, they couldn't cover him. Whereas McInerney goes down in the first 30 seconds of the game and they're they're able to cover it somehow. So um, I think Nankervis still played a ripping game. Um, But, yeah, I think Brisbane wanted it more.
0: Yep. No, I think that's a fair comment. I think for me, they came out and they played because they were the highest scoring team during the home and away season, I'm pretty sure. And yet they were coming off a game where they didn't kick... They, they ended up kicking less than 60 points. And that they got absolutely smacked in the mouth in by Melbourne. And a game that I thought was going to be really, really close. And they came out and they played with a speed and a daring nature, best befitting of a team that was the highest scoring team during the home and away season. And it, they reminded us of how scary that forward line is. You mentioned how... They, they stepped up, the player stepped up when they had a major injury in that first quarter. But also the midfield. I thought the midfield did really, really well to match it with one of the best midfields in the competition. But we should also mention what lost it for Richmond. Now, whenever you win by less than a goal, you're lucky. Whenever you lose it by less than a goal, you're unlucky. But with that being said, it was yet another classic case of... How did Damien Hardwick put it? Richmond beating Richmond? Yeah, another classic case of that. How on earth were there five Richmond players in the Gulf Square versus one Brisbane Lion player? And yeah, sure, that one was Joey Danaher, right? One of the best forwards in Brisbane's forward line. Get it, right? But still, five on one. And you're telling me they couldn't kill that ball? That is inexcusable. Damien Hardwick and the Richmond Football Club acting so angry about the goal review, which we will get to in a second. Seriously, they should be angry about that defensive effort.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I can't say I disagree at all, but uh, I also think um, the indiscipline from Richmond just killed them. Was it three 50-meter penalties on the night? Yeah,
0: I think it was. Something like nil. that.
1: Like, the indiscipline, the, in di- the undisciplined actions and stupidity in that respect, I think that's more the what lost it for them. Because, what did Brisbane go and get three goals from those three fifty-meter penalties? If so, there's there's yeah, there's a sixteen-point well, there's a sixteen-point lead win to Brisbane uh, Richmond. Mm. So, I, I'm even going wider than just that that uh, yeah. final contest, for one of a better term.
0: Yeah,
1: and then they didn't go for. Let's be honest, there was still time after they kicked uh, Joe Daniher kicked that goal. They just didn't go forward. Yeah. They chipped it around the back line. Yeah. So he can suck as much as he wants, Hardwick, but in the end, you're right. It was probably Richmond beating Richmond, but indiscipline and also chipping and not wanting to go forward in that last 45 seconds that, that killed him. So.
0: People can complain, right? And people can can poke fun at Collingwood for having such a poor percentage. But the reason why Collingwood finished inside the top four and got the double chance and Richmond didn't and got out in the first week of the finals is because Collingwood are clutch during the final stages of a close game because they know how to play that out, right? It took the best team in the competition this year to finally beat Collingwood in a close one, right? Richmond, on the other hand, lost against North Melbourne. Worst team in the competition this year. Lost against Gold Coast, the bottom six team. Or bottom, yeah, I think they're 12th this year. So almost bottom six team. Lost to Brisbane in a game that they really should have won. Really, heading into it, Brisbane were dead for right. Let's be honest. They should have won that. And they had that draw against Fremantle. Classic case of Richmond, not learning from their mistake um, of, of, what, of what happened during the season. Let's get on to Sydney versus Melbourne. What a win. It was for the Sydney Swans. And personally speaking, the first ever finals game that I have ever been to. Um, I was super excited to attend 78,000 people. Um, it was an absolute joy to be there. Footy back in Melbourne, the first final at the MCG in over a 1,000 days. And boy, oh boy, wow! We, as Brian Taylor said, it was a great game of football. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, MVD?
1: Yeah, I must admit, uh, surprised me a little bit. I thought Melbourne were going to be better, um, but at the same time, they weren't, and Sydney were. They were just more clinical. Um, and let's be honest, they could. They've now got a home preliminary final at the SCG, and in a game where, if correct me if I'm wrong, Buddy Franklin did not even score. Like he barely. No wonder that, it. No, Yeah, no wonder Stephen May got best for Melbourne. Yeah. Um. Rich with three, Oliver with two, Hayward, Lloyd, Papley, and Reed kicking two. So a good spread of goal kickers from Sydney, not reliant on just Big Badwa. Um, but it, it surprised that one really surprised me. Um, I stayed away with it with my uh, with my tipping. Um, but yeah, Casper uh, and Melbourne being too selfish.
0: I think so, and I uh, then look. You bring up selfishness, right? And it's a good point. Multiple people have, have mentioned Melbourne's selfishness and they often point to Bailey Fritz as like the example, right? Of him often trying to have ridiculous shots shots on goal instead of instead of um, passing it off. But I would argue that it goes beyond that. And I think it was Lloyd who pointed it out on um, on Footy Classified, that it's not just on shots on goal, it's in general field of play when you're entering inside the 450. Instead of taking the easy option, right? Call it, call it selfishness, call it stupidness, whatever it is, right? It's cost them big times, multiple times this season. When you are facing a backline uh, patrolled by the McCartan brothers, who have been awesome for Sydney this year, they have been awesome. They are two of the most difficult backmen to play against because of how strong they are in the intercept mark category. Why would you just bomb it in long? Why would you just sit it on top of the head of your forward line? Like, I don't understand it. And I think it's a mixture of Melbourne not playing smart, Melbourne playing selfish football, but also the fact that they are actually not as good as they were last year. Their players aren't as good as they were last year. I think the track has gone backwards. I think Langdon's gone backwards. I think their forward line's gone backwards. Jackson looked. Everyone talked about how bad Buddy was, and that's fair enough. But Jackson looked like he was preoccupied thinking about whether or not he was going to move to Perth. Truthfully. Like, I actually, I genuinely, like, I've never seen him play that bad again.
1: Why why aren't they playing Max Gorn as the first ruck? That's the other question.
0: I wonder, because he was injured... Earlier in the year, right? From memory, he was injured. They rested him for a little bit. I just wonder if he hasn't fully recovered from that. And now Petrarca's got the injury as well. So who knows? The teams will probably come out after we're done recording this. Um, As luck would have it, we probably won't know until then whether or not Petrarca's even playing against Brisbane.
1: They won't know know that until just before the bounce. They'll name him and then they'll make a late change. Like Geelong do every single week.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, like the country footy teams that we uh, that we commentate. By the way, dear listener, don't forget to check us out. Uh, we do Golden Valley Football League uh coverage. There's a couple of weeks to go, semifinals, prelim final, and then on to the granny uh, the same week as the AFL Grand Final. Super excited for that. The day
1: after the AFL Grand Final. So no you- drinking for you, okay?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. No, like on grand final day, I normally get absolutely smashed, but yeah, no, don't worry. I promise. I promise I'll be, I'll be a good boy. Um, good. But yeah, for me, I think Sydney, it showed, you mentioned that spread of goal kickers like to go from so reliant on Buddy Franklin to having that massive spread of goal kickers where Buddy doesn't even touch the ball, maybe touches it once. That's it. And they can still win comfortably like they did. As a Swan supporter, that absolutely warms my heart. Yeah, there's part of me that wants to see Buddy Franklin kick 10 goals because I want to see him finish with as many goals as possible in his career. But I think the Swans are now in a position where they could play really, really, really great football without him, and that's their best chance to win a premiership this year.
1: Can I also just say, this sounds very familiar with Hawthorne back in 2013. 2013 when Buddy played his last game?
0: Yep.
1: He played his last game in the grand final and he barely touched it, pushed up yep. the ground. Hawthorne found out a way they can win it without him. Yep. You watch. John Longmire isn't on the phone to Clarko and saying, hey, give me an idea. Buddy's yep. going. That, Buddy's going at the end of the year. What can I do to make sure our team has the best opportunity to win a flag?
0: Even when he's coaching North Melbourne, Clarkson is still the best coach at like 20, 20, 20 other clubs, even though there's only 18 in the competition. But I'm, yeah. sure,
1: I'm sure Longmire is sitting there going, "It's okay. like, and there's probably sitting there going, well, that's fine.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, let's go on to Saturday. It was an epic clash. Geelong versus Collingwood. Max Holmes kicking the winner with a minute to go. Finally, Collingwood lose a heartbreaker. Yes, MVD. I can see you want to talk.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I can't I can't comment on this one too much. I, this is the one game, that well, yeah, probably the one game out of the weekend I didn't really see, uh, commentating, as you said, the JVL. Uh, where were we? In Tatura, issues with the car, and then straight to the basketball to watch the Gators, unfortunately, lose. Um, but, yeah. I, I was so, going to say, mate. I, I, I didn't was... actually get to see this, but.
0: Look, I was yeah. hoping that you were going to be the one who saw it because I didn't see it either. So this one might be very, very. you driving
1: home from- you were driving home from Tatura too, weren't you? <laughs> I was
0: driving home. I was driving uh-huh. home. Um, I got into a little bit of a dingle without listening to the football last weekend. And I thought, geez, if I listen to the football and it's a close game, uh, it's not going to be pretty. So decided to stay away from that. Uh, but what a game it was. Geelong winning by a goal. Collingwood got the fast start. And I reckon what cost them in the end, was there an accurate goal kicking? They had Geelong on the ropes. I think they kicked two goals four to start the game. Uh, I don't think Geelong from memory kicked a goal in that first quarter, which is highly un yeah, they did. highly unusual. They kicked the goal three. There you go, one goal three. But still, nevertheless, Collingwood had Geelong dead to rights in that first quarter. Few missed opportunities. And in a close game like that, that's the that's the thing that's going to cost them in the end. I want to ask you though, MVD, what do you what did you make of Craig McCrae's comments afterwards about being, you know, that loser mentality? Did you did you hear it? No, I didn't actually.
1: Can you paraphrase for me?
0: Ah, uh, basically, he said he 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 said that you know oh, of the players you know who were had their heads and their heads in their hands and you know on the on the ground after the game you know for me that's a loser mentality and we don't want to have a loser mentality we want to be winners.
1: Good. He's trying to pump his players up after they just lost a game they shouldn't have lost. So
0: yeah, look, that's not
1: bad. I'm okay with that. He needs to. He needs to get his team up and going for another
0: game this week. And in the players' defense, they just played an, uh, a a brutal game of football, two and a mm. half hours, to only lose by a goal. I'm I'm pretty sure they're allowed to feel tired.
1: And Taylor Adams probably in has probably torn his groin off the bone. So of course uh, he's going to be crying because he's uh, injured. He's He's injured his groin. Uh, me,
0: the most painful sounding injury I have been watching football for a long time there's been a lot of brutal injuries that I've seen um, in my time of watching football a lot of horrific horrific and horrific sounding injuries but tearing the groin muscle off the bone just sounds like the most painful thing to go through if that was me I would say to the doctor hey doctor kill me like I, I genuinely just, just end my suffering, smother we with a pillow, just like, well, I was about to say, just like a famous movie character, but that was gonna, that was gonna ruin a movie. Yeah, no, it, no,
1: we're going too darky, mate.
0: Yeah, no. Come but back still, to the light. Come back. But still, seriously, like, what a painful injury. And our uh, thoughts go out with him. Um, hopefully, he has a speedy recovery and a full recovery. Um, the 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 league is better when he's playing in it. Um, and, yeah, thoughts go out to him and the entire Collingwood Football Club. It was a great game of football. On to... Just
1: things. quickly, before we leave that before we leave that one, mm. uh, Geelong ending their first week of September hoodoo. Unbelievable. Well, last time that like happened. Coming off a bye. Mm. That's last, interesting.
0: Last time that happened was uh, 2016, which was the first year that the AFL had the bye. And um, it was Isaac Smith now playing for Geelong against Hawthorne who missed after the siren. Um, Sorry for reminding you of that, MVD. Um, But, but yeah, what an unbelievable game of football. Um, Now let's see if they can do better and actually win the first week and the third week, which is something they haven't done since 2011. So we'll see. Um, On to the most amazing you thought, right, dear listener, That Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs was an unbelievable turnaround. But at least, how did did Kane Corns put it? At least, no, I think it was Matty Lloyd again. He said, at least Melbourne were the best team in the competition in 2021. Fremantle were playing in their first final series since 2015. Most of them, most of them, I think they had like only four players with over 100 games of experience, which is insane. Like the youth. Like Jai Amos, right? Full kudos to him. Had a terrible miss in the second quarter. Comes out playing only his second game of football with two clutch goals in the second half. An unbelievable turnaround and full kudos to him and the entire Fremantle football club. Can I just say Michael Frederick? That's my highlight of the weekend. That chase. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, watch it. Absolutely watch it. Phenomenal chase down. Have you seen it, MVD?
1: No, I haven't. I'm gonna go and watch it in just a little bit. But can you understand now why I'm so bullish on the on the dockers?
0: I get it. Look, I get it.
1: The I... only thing that's going to stop them this week, and to be perfectly honest, and I'm a bit concerned about what's going on, but the only thing to me that's going to stop them is probably the 13 and a half mil of rain that's uh well actually not even that. Well, you guys have had actually nothing in Melbourne today. So oh um, uh,
0: no, we believe me, I won't. I was I went to work early this morning and I got drenched.
1: Well, I'm looking at uh, observations as of 551 Thursday, 8th of September, and it says Melbourne Olympic Park, 0. 0.2 of a mil.
0: For Melbourne, that's a lot. We don't we don't we normally don't get a lot of heavy rain.
1: Well, it's less than what we've got here in Shep, but <laughs> I, I the only thing that it's going to stop Frio for mine is if they get a wet track on Saturday.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, Collingwood's already smacked them once this year with on, on a wet deck, so I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. For me, yeah. they've got to start better. Like, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Oh, Unbelievable turnaround, but you cannot trail forty-two points to one and then come back every single week. Like, that's the once in a once-in-a-generation result.
1: And you reckon Justin Longmuir hasn't gone to town on that this week? Or Seriously, if he, ha- if he hasn't, I'd be very surprised.
0: Unbelievable. Thing is, right, I think it was an exp- I Truthfully, I think their older players were just okay. It was their youth who drove, who drove the change strong. Unbelievable. Amos already talked about him. Frederick, just an unbelievable core of young players. The future is very, very, very bright for the players in purple and white and on the dog's just such a disappointing season once again yet another example of them turning their turning their toes up and refusing to play when the opposition goes boom they turn into puddles and they yeah. did absolutely nothing it was it was it was shambolic it was really shambolic you know it looked like they didn't want to get their white uniforms dirty cuz they didn't want to you know have to do a lot of washing when they got back home disappointing season for the dogs now mvd yep. let's get on to tom lynch and that goal review now we talked about it on saturday you said and i agreed with you at the time that it wasn't a goal to begin with right is that still your yep. point some sand some fan some fan, angles, some fan angles from the crowd have been released showing you know different angles and whatnot you're still saying that it wasn't a goal
1: hundred percent it was not a goal 100 percent I I stand by that I think the right decision was made I don't care how they got to it um you just uh, having commentated a bit now and you'll probably agree with this you get a feel for the game you understand where way things go even watching it on TV like I watched that I was in I was uh, at a in a hotel in Melbourne I'm sitting there watching it going He's missed that as soon as he kicked it. You could just, you just got the feeling, the sense from the camera angles and everything. He's missed it.
0: And you know who could tell that as well? Tom Lynch. Yeah, 100% he could. Players are often the best, the best tellers about whether or not they've kicked a goal. You remember Josh Jenkins against Port Adelaide in the showdown a few years ago? Everyone thought he kicked a goal. And he was telling his teammates, "No, I've missed it." Set up for a behind. Yeah. Tom Lynch was looked filthy with himself that he missed.
1: Even that one that we've got the now the reason we've got the arc, the Tom Hawkins one at the grand final when he hit the post. Mm. Like seriously, so you can tell then that he didn't. He wasn't hundred percent sure that he kicked it. I, this- yes, Damien Hardwick was up there and talking about it all because they missed an opportunity, but I honestly think that he,
0: I think the right decision was made. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Look, mate, I fully agree with you. Fully agree with you in the slightest, but I do want to say one thing. It wasn't a goal, but it was called a goal. Now, now in order for it to be overturned, there has to be conclusive evidence. I don't think there was conclusive evidence. From the visions that we saw as supporters, there was no conclusive evidence.
1: Where are you going to get conclusive evidence? See, again, I disagree with you. The camera up the top left-hand corner clearly showed, for mine, that the ball was going over the top
0: of the post. I disagree with that. And I think that the third umpire, because you know how they normally explain their decisions, they say like, oh, there's a gap between you know the between the the ball and the post or whatever. you all
1: listening to you've been listening to the cricket too much.
0: <laughs> it's the, but it's, it's it's what happens though. You get you get an explanation and look, I get it right in that instance. It's more important for the sake of the uh, players and for the sake of the clubs than it is for the sake of the fans, right? To get I get it right. Like fans in that moment, the most important thing is getting it right. Is it a goal or is it a point? And the fans are secondary at that point. I get it. But at the same time, fans deserve to know what's going on. Because here's the thing, right? Despite how well medicine has advanced, and medicine is great, we still can't read minds, right? Still can't do it. Still can't read minds. And so my question is, why can't we, as... A league invest in goal line technology that can be able to tell whether or not the ball goes over the top of the post.
1: How are we going to get that? How do we get? How do we get
0: it? You know what? People probably would have said the same thing about the whole Snicker thing that we've got going on. No, I know that. Nicole,
1: but at the same time, at the same time, how, I'm just wondering, how do we do it?
0: I reckon this is how you do it, right? Now, I don't—I haven't thought about costs yet, right? Money and maths not my strong suit, but this is what I reckon you do. At every single AFL ground, you put at the top of every single goal post a camera embedded into the post, pointing upwards, looking at the opposite post and just above it. That's what I reckon you get.
1: Yeah, okay. Contact General Seven. We've got a solution.
0: Seriously, like, right aside from the fact that it will cost an absolute astronomical amount of money at a time where the AFL is trying to bring a 19th club into the competition. So it's probably not a good way to spend money. I get that. But seriously, like, aside from the costs, what's the problem with that idea?
1: There's nothing wrong with the
0: idea. Channel I'll be 7- honest. Channel 7, there you go. You can have that for free, as long as you pay me for it. Now, (laughs) on to the semi-finals. It starts off with Melbourne versus Brisbane. Now, MVD. The demons have crushed, eviscerated, annihilated, immaculated, not using that word properly, but I'm using it
1: anyway. You're not.
0: Like, just absolutely mauled Brisbane twice this year at the MCG and then at the Gabba. I want to ask you, will it be different this time around?
1: get the feeling it will be. Um, I get the feeling that Brisbane are going to come and come to play. Um, yes, they lost by 58 at the Gabba. Yes, they lost by 64 at the G. The, the last... Last, what, last year they lost by 33 to Melbourne. I, yeah, I I think this, this guy could be, it could be quite close. I get the feeling at least anyway. Um, Am I going to put a tip in this one? I can't find a tip to to save myself. Part of me wants Brisbane to win. Part of me wants Melbourne to win. Part of me doesn't really care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just being honest with you, mate. yeah, I'd like to think it's going to be close close this one, but um, we're doing a tip at school at the moment. We're doing one – you get one tip for the weekend, and mm. if that tip wins, you go on to the next week. So I'm not going to do it for this one. I'm going to save it.
0: I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, I'm going to say
1: no. So I don't know. I, I think it will be a close – it should be a close game. Do they tag Neil?
0: You'd have who's,
1: to. Who does – um, Stephen may go too. Joe Danaher?
0: I still don't think Danaher is the most dangerous Brisbane tall forward, to be honest with you. Like, I think May will probably switch between Danaher and say, like, it would. Yeah. I think that's probably what he will do. Um, whoever's more dangerous. But I reckon, for me, Melbourne's going to win. At the MCG... 70-odd thousand people there. I genuinely, despite how average Melbourne has been since round 10, I cannot see them losing straight sets. And Brisbane at the MCG, I don't trust them. Yeah, very cool. On to the other MCG game. Now, this is interesting. Collingwood versus Fremantle. The first time that these two teams have ever played in a final series. And I am excited for this one. Two teams with some of the best youngsters in the competition. Some of the best older players in the competition as well. A good balance of youth and experience between both teams. I want to ask you, MVD, can the Dockers pull off another victory? David Mundy, right before the final series started, he said four to go. Now down to three. Will it be two come the end of Saturday night?
1: I'm going yes. Mm. I'm going yes. I'm saying Fremantle will win because it should be dry the next couple of days in Melbourne, shouldn't it? Uh let
0: me uh, hold on a second. I'll check the BLM.
1: <laughs> but I, I reckon uh, I think Freo, um should should get over the line here. I, I'd love to see Mundy come back. Who uh, just? I, I've got a soft spot for David Mundy. I know I've said it a few times. He's uh, he's a GVL boy. From Seymour. Um, you got a few over there. Will Brody's another one. Uh, but that being said, you've got still sidebottom who's from down the uh, down the road in King Guttner. So um so there's a few local connections personally, but I think uh I'm gonna go with Fremantle. I think the the midfield is there, is there it's thereabouts. Like you said, you had Sarong, you had um well Amis, you had uh, who else was there? You've got Will Brody to run through there. You've got David Mundy himself. Does five play?
0: Oh, uh, look. Do, do Fremantle need five? No, they don't.
1: There you go. That answers that question then. Well,
0: here's the thing as well, right? You saw Dustin Martin get brought back in at 80% fitness, kicked a goal, but that was about it. Backfired. I would say that backfired on Richmond. Taylor Adams came back for Collingwood, underdone season-ending injury, and a terrible injury that he suffered. So I'm just saying, do not risk your experienced players when you do not need them. Why bring in Fife when you can have 22 fit players playing? It makes no sense. Yeah, fair cool. Very I'm tipping cool. Fremantle as well. Fremantle Oy. to give Collingwood the old heave ho. It'll be purple rain at the MCG on Saturday night um, and all the other, all the other, you know, stereotypical phrases when it comes to Fremantle victories. um, It should be an epic contest tipping Fremantle to win. And I'm tipping them to win by five goals. Epic contest, Fremantle by five goals. No, it should be a good game of football, but I just think think it's going
1: to be closer than, I think it's going to be closer than that to be perfectly honest.
0: I think Colin was hit a wall a little bit.
1: I think it'll be, I think it'll be less than tw- less than um for less than 3
0: less than 3 goals or 3 points 3 goals Well let's hope that it'll be less than 3 points because goodness gracious me I feel like a greedy kid who's just been given like a mountain of candy and only wants more candy like sugar I am addicted to how great the games have been so far this final series MBD thank you so much for joining me this episode it's been short but it's been sweet like that aforementioned
1: mountain of candy. No, I appreciate it, mate. Not a problem. I've got some primework to do. Um, you get the week off from calling this week for some weird reason. I don't know why you'd want to have a week off in, in September. Um, I know. But, uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, it just seems so bizarre to me, mate. But uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing your preliminary final day. Uh, up Absolutely. Here next Sunday, um, talking all things GVL. Get on the Clutch TV app and you'll hear our dulcet tones floating around in some way, shape or form. Um, on the next couple of weekends. But Gaspar, uh, looking forward to it, mate.
0: Mate, thank you very much. Great plug. And by the way, you might also get to see our beautiful faces. Um, so there you go, a double treat for you. No dear. one wants to
1: see our beautiful faces. We've oh. got faces for radio, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I've got a face
1: for radio. I don't know about you, but yeah, oh, people tell me about all. I was
0: about to say invite you onto my podcast, let you plug the thing, and then you insult my looks. Appreciate it, mate. Anyways, um look, thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. Join us next week as we preview the prelim finals. Can the Swans get into yet another grand final? Would Geelong finally get over there? Prelin final blues or will there be Prelim final upsets once again join us next week to discuss it all until then sayonara